Hello and welcome to your new weekly edition of This Is Ibrox, your Rangers podcast. My name is Scott Patterson and again we are very pleased to welcome Willie Irwin along to the pod this week and again back from a wee hiatus we have to say. Uh, Willie Boyd joins us as well. Hi guys, how are you doing? All good mate. How are you doing guys? Good to be back. Indeed, welcome back. So before we get into the the subjects for this week, I just want to obviously cover all the main places you can get us on all the your, your podcast listing places. You can get us on Acast, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Podbean. Um, we're available to view on YouTube. Apple Music, I think we're on as well these days. Um, and you can get a lot of really good content that we, we've churned out since the start of this year across at www.thisisibrox.co.uk. Lots of good stuff on there, all free of charge, um, and we recommend that you you dash on and have a look. Willie Boyd, welcome back. I say, great to see you again, my friend. Um, you've been doing some tracking of the Rangers women's team. Why don't you give us a little update on where they are just now? Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. I wish I could have said I was away somewhere exotic, but I was just lying <laughs> my bum in, in the couch, really. So, um, yeah, but uh, I've kind of kept a wee eye on the, the Rangers ladies' side, and they played Hibs at the weekend there on Sunday. Uh, Chelsea Cornet scored the only goal against Hibs and just putting that result into perspective. Uh, the previous results, we had defeats at 8-0, 6-0, 4-0. That was the last three games playing Hibs. So obviously, you know, the club going professional, bringing in the kind of professional standards and everything else that goes along with that, it's, it's really helping the, the girls or the ladies side, um, you know, strive to be one of the better sides in the Scottish League. And also, they'll be playing against um, Celtic this Sunday, so there'll be a good old firm derby there. Big game. Is that the Absolutely. first time that, that both um, ladies' team will have played each other in a professional manner? As far as I'm aware, it will be, yeah. Wow. Goodness me. I'm just wondering if it might be being BBC Alba. They don't really broadcast all that sort of stuff that well. But even if it was in you know, the Rangers TV channel, I'm sure some people might... Uh, be interested in watching that, especially with, you know the men's side not playing this weekend. It would certainly be good to give that some coverage, wouldn't it? Really would. Great yeah. for the great for the club as well. Um, really, really good. Impressive. Very impressive. So last week on the the pod, uh, Willie Irwin, you were on with Martin and Tommy, and we spoke about the what was at that point a, a bit of a daunting tie with the, the the game against Benfica, the big game of the group stage in their place, um, and it's Benfica, a real European tie, something that I think we've, we've, we've kind of longed for over the last few years, and I include the games against Porto and Feyenoord and, and, and those sort of games. Uh, big game, we didn't do ourselves any harm over there at all, did we? No, the first 15 minutes were a bit harem scarem. You know, they came out the blocks really quickly. We looked a wee bit panicky, especially that first kind of 5-10 minutes. We obviously lost... Terrible goal. I'd barely sat down actually when the goal went into the back of the net. It was it was crazy, you know. I mean, and it's so unlike Helander. You know, he's he's usually very calm, very composed, doesn't really, you know, sort of make bad decisions that often. And um, so we were right behind, you know, the kind of cue ball straight away, one 0 yeah. down after like eighty seconds, and then they just kept coming and coming and coming, and you know, with another, I think two, maybe three chances. But then the game changes, you know, the long ball over the top. Uh, Otamendi's caught flat-footed. Ryan manages to get a step on him. Otamendi 
catches the back of his heel and then, you know, the red card goes up for the referee and you think, well, this maybe gives us a wee chance here. Maybe we can get a goal and obviously within whatever that was, like a couple of minutes, we were, you know, we're back on level terms. Great play. Yet again, we Tav. Great ball yeah. across the box. Guy kind of slashes at it. Ends up in the back of the net. Then a couple of minutes later, I guess as you started to calm down for the equaliser, we go ahead, you know. <laughs> it's just, it was one of those crazy games, you know. You, I watched a lot of European football over the years with the Rangers, but that's definitely up there as one of the more kind of crazy first half an hour yeah. football that I've seen. And fair play to Glenn, you know. I think that was one of the things Tommy was talking about last week, that if Glenn could add goals, it would add his overall price tag. And it's a great finish for Glenn, you know. Yeah. He just hit it through the defender's legs. The goalkeeper can't move at that point. And then I felt for the rest of that half, we played really, really well. I thought we were good in possession. We were good out of possession. Our movement was good. You know, the the front players were really causing them problems. Ryan looked sharp, yeah. which was a big thing. Because when Ryan plays well, we tend to play well, especially in Europe, because he can stretch the game. Um, second half, obviously, you get the third goal, you're thinking... Hopefully that's us over the line. But that last kind of 15, 20 minutes, we just, I don't know if we just lost a bit of control or we lost a bit of focus. But, you know, to allow them back into the game was poor. It was a poor goal. Yet again, Big Hellander slightly at fault for the goal. And then, you know, possibly we could have defended it better even after Hellander's mistake. Yeah. And then, you know, the kind of stab in the heart wasn't it 90th minute. Yeah. Maybe Scotty Arfield could do a bit better, you know, and, you know, the two centre-backs are caught a bit square. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a terrific ball through. The pass was was brilliant, but, you know, we spoke about Darwin Nunez, I think, in two or three previous pods, saying this kid looks like he could be the real deal. Yeah. He looks like the next spearhead for the, for the Uruguay national team, and, you know, the finish was brilliant. You know, just straight out, bang, past the goalkeeper, but after the game, when you sit down and you kind of break it all down and you think to yourself, OK, I know we were 3-1 up, we're playing 10 men, but somebody got from the seven points through the first three games. Run away, run away tonight, it will be fine. Blowing up like dynamite, I never meant to make you cry. Make your mind up, I'm fading. I know for a fact, at 5.30 last Thursday afternoon, if someone had said to me, we're going to give you a point from that game, I would have bitten their hand off. At half time, I think if someone had said to me, I'll give you a point, I would have taken it as well. What do you say? No, absolutely. I, I just think the way the games kind of, you know, went in our favour, you thought it was going in our favour, you know, the red card and getting back into it, going 3 1 up. You kind of, I mean, with the record previously as well, like teams not just not scoring against us, not having shots against us, you know, it's, we've been really impressive defensively. Um, and I, I just, you know, I really thought that we were going to come out with, with the, the three points when we went 3 1 up, but um, I was kind of, it was a, it felt like a defeat, you know, when that whistle went. But I mean, as you two guys have said, you would have settled for that point at 5 30, you know, whenever you were getting offered that point, you would have took it with both hands. And and the boy Willie, sorry, the boy Darwin Willie, you, you, as I say, you'd mentioned um, before just about what a, a good player he was. Willie Boyd, I should say, this is going to be a fun show. Um, <laughs> I, I know Willie Boyd, that you, you're a, a big fan of the, of the guy. He didn't disappoint when he came off the bench from a Benfica perspective, did he? Yeah, 
myself. Um, sorry. Um, ah, he's, he's, he's a really good player, isn't he? He's, um, I'm wanting to make the evolve joke, but I'm, I'm not doing that at all, you know. I, I, Tommy I, would uh, love you for that. Tommy would love that. He'd appreciate I've been that. thinking about it for a while. <laughs> um, but I, I think he's a, he's a terrific talent, and he? he looks like he's going to go the, uh, to the very highest of levels. Yeah. Um, also, as Willie Irwin was saying there, the finish for his goal it was it was really cool and calm, very yeah. composed. I mean, especially in the 90th minute, you know. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I do. I think he's going to have a, a really good career. Indeed. Willie Irwin, we can't um, we can't speak about another team striker when our striker has has beaten a record in in European um, football last Thursday night. Alfredo Morello seems to get a lot of airtime um with us on a on a weekly basis and, and a lot of it is is his attitude right? Is he doing this? Is he doing that right? If Alfredo Morelos continues to score for Rangers, he'll be doing everything right in my eyes. Yeah, look, I mean it's no matter what happens with Alfredo this season, next season, whatever. I mean I'll always love him for what he's done. You know, his European record is it's actually quite ridiculous really. Yeah. It really is. When you look at the goals, he, I mean, he pretty much carried us last year in Europe. Yeah. You know, that group stage in particular, he carried us through that entire group because it, yeah. it was basically him and nobody else at times. It was looking like they were going to score. Yeah. Six and six, wasn't it? I think it was six and six. Yeah. I think all in, what was it, 14 last year he scored in, in Europe? I mean, I think the problem with Alfredo in this country is that people just don't seem to want to like him. Yeah. That's fair enough. I totally accept it. Maybe because he's a regular striker. I don't know if that is the case, but you know what? His work rate was excellent on Thursday. His link up was great. And yet again, I think it was Tav when it Tav put the ball across. And also sure. Alfie's at the back post to tap it in. And I think for me, what he's done in Europe for us, the money he's made us, you know, so when Alfie does eventually leave the football club there. You know, the money that he's helped bring in over these last three years in the European qualifiers, going into the group stages, the goals that he scored, the wins that we've had. You know, Alfie's just truly incredible at times. And you can see why there's teams sniffing about him in the summer. And I understand possibly with COVID, that put some teams off. Maybe the money wasn't there. Hopefully next summer, if things are back to some type of normality, I would imagine Alfie will have a lot more attention. Because when you're doing the damage against... Teams like Lech Poznan, I mean, you're doing the damage against teams like Benfica. Both teams will set up and take the talent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Willie, so Willie Boyd, we are we're obviously halfway through the 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 group stage now for the Europa League. Um, I think, as far as our report cards concerned, perhaps with the Benfica result last Thursday. It's it's three very very positive results regardless. I mean to go to to Liège and beat them in in the fashion we did, obviously Roof's goal, but the fact that they had that tremendous record at home, um, and then to beat Poznan in our first home game of three, I think was really impressive. But I, I think everyone largely felt that the the Benfica game away was going to be the toughest game of the six. We've came out of that relatively unscathed and sitting a really good. Um, position in the league at halfway. No, absolutely. I think we've gave ourselves the best possible chance. You know, seven points for the finale is, is really good for us. And you know, we've got the the next what out of the next three games, we've got two of them at home at Ibrook. So you really yeah. fancy your chances. You know, going into uh, these next three games. Um, I think you know we could have it sewn up maybe 
if it's not the, the, uh, the first home game against Benfica, hopefully against Standard Liège, we'll yeah. be seeing ourselves qualify and maybe you know, not take a foot off the gas, but maybe kind of give some more boys a run out and focus our attention back in the league. So you would reckon Willie Erdo in one, one win out of these last remaining games would would do, wouldn't it? Yeah, look, that would certainly be the case, I think. You know, I think one more win, I think the ideal scenario would be that you know, we're qualified by the fifth game and then the sixth game when we're supposed to be going to Poland, we can look to, you know, do a wee bit of kind of rotational things. Because at that time of year, December can be busy, so can January. So, you know, if the opportunity arose that we could rest some of our better players, which obviously, I mean, that's open to debate now, given that we rotate pretty much every single game. Yeah. You know, so recently we're averaging, what, four or five changes, roughly? Five, I think it is, yeah. Aye. So, you know, it's certainly a debate. I mean, that's something you could obviously put out on Twitter is what is our best 11 because <laughs> I'm not so sure I could pick it good luck with that <laughs> I, know, I think that's a great thing for the manager right now is he's got genuine options there and so you know if we were fortunate enough to be qualified by the end of the fourth game or the fifth game it certainly gives the manager a wee bit of scope to say you know what guys I know it's a big European game but we've qualified we can rest and recoup a few guys ahead of the weekend fixture that's what we'll do do you think, Willie Irwin, that we can potentially get a result against Benfica Ibrox? Yeah, I do. I think we showed enough. I think if we come out with the right attitude and the right focus. I know people will say, well, I'll say, you know, you basically only control the game because they had 10 men. But see if we play the way that we played against 11 men like that. I don't see why we can't do the same thing. Absolutely. Because it was the control of the game that was impressive. It wasn't just because it was against 10 men. It was the way that we did it. And I think that was the impressive part of it. So I don't see why we can't do that again. And obviously, Otamendi is going to be suspended. So it, it, it's most likely, you know, going to be maybe a slightly younger centre-back that comes in in that position. But yeah. I'm sure Alfredo will still fancy his chances. Absolutely. Then, you know, Ryan Kent will fancy his chances against the full-backs again. I think the big thing to come out of the game is I would fully expect, you know, the boy Nunez to start. So I would imagine yeah. there'll be a lot of video analysis to work out how we can stop this guy because he's obviously quick, he's technically good, he's a good finisher. So, you know, do you maybe play somebody a little bit deeper and protect the two centre-backs so that when he's making the runs or somebody going to cover that? Yeah. But, no, I'm I'm always very confident. I know it's obviously, it's Aberdeen at home first, isn't it, on the Sunday, then then Benfica. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, get the Aberdeen game out of the way, hopefully get the three points and do the business on the Thursday night. If we beat Benfica, I think that's us all but qualified, basically. Totally. Yeah. And then also, I think, you get standard Liège at home after that. They're obviously struggling with COVID. They've had a few injuries recently. Them coming to Ibrox, given we beat them 2-0 away, you would fancy us to get the job done if we needed any more points to, you know, to uh, guarantee qualification. Yeah. Well, well, add, sorry, you go, buddy. Sorry, just to add a wee bit into what Willie Irwin was saying. I just... Uh, you know, listen to the interview you done, Scott, with um, Dean Furman and Lorenz. Yeah. And uh, Aunt Lorenz said that uh, Zungu was going to start in uh, Lisbon, but uh, Aunt, they, there were some troubles with his visa or whatever, for whatever reason. And uh, as what, what, uh, sorry, getting caught up. As <laughs> uh, Willie Irwin was saying, you know, playing somebody that wee bit deeper. Just the kind of role he he played against Hamilton, I think that might be a suited time. So it'll be interesting to see if he starts our home game against Benfica yeah. to allow us to know you press up with with Tavernier and Barisic to cope with the threat of, of Darwin. 
I think Willie Boyd. I think if the the good thing about having the the sort of Benfica and Standard Liège games, sort of Thursday Thursday, two home games back to back in Europe. Um, if things weren't to go according to plan against Benfica Ibrox, I think we would be probably a little more confident at home against Standard Liège even than we would be against Benfica. I think just because of how well we are playing at home and how we bossed them in in their own backyard. Um, in Belgium. So I think having those two games back to back will probably be something that works in our favour. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think maybe they don't travel too well because they got beat against uh, Poznan quite convincingly. And I thought that would have been a tougher game if I'm I'm totally honest. But I'm quite confident that within the next two home games we'll we'll be qualified, definitely. I think collectively as as a group, I think we're all probably in agreement that I would not particularly like to go to Poznan and try and get a result. Um, I think it would be more partisan to go there if there were supporters in the ground. Um, but even I, I, I just, I would like to get it done in our own backyard so that we can sort of enjoy that last game as opposed to biting our fingernails clean off, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So halfway through the, the group stage, we're looking in good stead. Quite happy with how it is. It's good to see a Scottish team holding its own. Uh, so at the weekend there, another big game. Every big game um, that comes along now is, is is equal as far as I'm concerned. And it was Hamilton that came to Ibrox. Brian Rice is, is someone who I think the, um, he, he spoke really well about the club and the supporters in the past. Um, and I think it's almost fair to say we, we feel that there's a bit of an affinity towards Brian Rice. And his team always come to Ibrox and, and, and play the, exactly the same way, whether they're getting cuffed or not. Um, well, Erwin, I don't think anyone saw an 8 nothing at the weekend, did they? I saw some guy on Twitter apparently put on 8 nothing, so he always was <laughs> a realistic leg moment. But no, I think I think when you play Hamilton, you always think they'll come in and they'll defend deep and they'll look to try and counter-attack, maybe take their one or two chances for you know, counter-attacks or set plays. But when you look at even the first 10-15 minutes, it wasn't like as though it was going to be a blowout. But then as soon as that first goal went in, you know, I don't know what you would say, it was almost like a full collapse for Hamilton, really. But yeah. then we were so clinical, so ruthless, and we just continued and continued to go at them. And Hamilton just couldn't couldn't stop it, really. I mean, even the first goal, it's obviously a mistake for Hamilton. You know, the two players have a bit of a mix-up in the halfway line, but then a great reverse ball for Defoe. And then, yeah, again, obviously, you just get Ryan in the right position, Bang, and then you're one nothing up. A couple of minutes later, you're two nothing up. Then what was like? Look at sixty seconds later, <laughs> you nothing. I mean, I mean, it's weird to see because I was working. You know, I didn't get to see the whole game until today, and even at three nothing, you know, there was still that desire to go again and go again and go again. And in the end, I know it sounds really silly, but in the end. Nothing didn't flatter us, you know. You know, on another day, it could have been double figures, which would have been crazy. Yeah. But we were just, we were constant. And I sort of felt sorry for Defoe, because Defoe did so much in the game. <laughs> Everything but score. I know, yeah, he just couldn't get a goal. I was going to 50-50 with the penalty, you know, did Defoe maybe think about asking Tav if he could take it? <laughs> but, you know, like the club obviously have a set penalty taker, and the manager wants it to stay that way. And I think that's the right thing to do. It's it's being professional. 
you know, so even at six nothing, and you know, you win that penalty, it's Tabs because he's the penalty taker. Yeah. And then, well, it was like a couple of minutes after you score seven, we're up eight nothing, and there's still twenty minutes to go, and you're sitting there thinking, you know, there's still time for more here. Yeah. But you know what? A crazy game of football. I thought we were excellent. Be back to front. Our movement up top, the pace, the link up play, our midfield players getting high. I mean, at times, really, we'd like four and five players up at the top end of the pitch. We basically didn't really have a midfield because yeah. everybody was just pushing that high that there was no really a need to defend. Willie Boyd, Stephen Gerrard was was really eager to to push the team on at eight nothing for more. Um, there's definitely a mentality swing that, that's happened at, at Ibrox this season compared to last. Um, what do you think we can put that down to? I'm not too sure. I think, I think he's just got, you know, the squad and the correct kind of, you know, everybody, the two positions. I think he's feeling really confident in his own squad. And I think the players have all bought into it. I mean, there's not been too many changes to, the you know, the new guys coming in. They, they, they've kind of came in here, there and everywhere. But most of that squad has been here for last season. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, you know, keeping it consistent has helped a lot. You know, the defence hasn't chopped and changed the way it was last season an awful lot. So I think that's gave us a stability at the back. Um, but I think, um, you know, going on what you just said there about it ain't he still wanted more. I noted it like in the 30th minute, we had a throw in and it was at the touchline right at Gerald, And he's like, ah, quick, we want, we want the ball keep moving. You know, I think it was... Uh, Barisic taking the throw in, I think it might have been. Mm-hmm. He wanted it into Jack's feet into the middle of the park. You know, he was just he was constant. He just wanted us to keep that high tempo. It's, it's uh, really good, really good to kind of um, to see as a, as a supporter, obviously, that you're not going to let the foot off the gas. Well, Erwin, there's definitely a there, there's definitely a a tide change, if you like. I mean, I, I you and I were speaking off here, and uh, I indicated that I'd seen a start over the weekend. Indeed, it was in Rangers TV. And compared to sort of this stage last season, we're only one game better off in the sense that we've not lost yet this season, but we did lose a game at the same stage last season. Um, there's definitely a, a stillness around this group that wasn't there last year, I think, regardless of what the stats say. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it just comes down to everybody's fighting for a position on the pitch. Yeah. You know, there's not I think at times last year, even though the squad was strong, I think you still had a good idea as to what the starting eleven would be most weeks. Yeah. This season, I don't think anybody can genuinely say that. And then obviously with the addition of Zungu, it's another body in the middle of the park. You know, you've got four strikers really fighting for one position most weeks. You know, yeah. I, mean, I know Roof can obviously play wide and Itton's Shoney can play wide as well against Kamala. But in the main, the four Roof, Itton and obviously Alfie, it's four strikers playing for one position. And obviously, it's crazy because you can actually look at the team now and think, you know what, we could probably give Ryan Kent the game off. Whereas yeah. last season, that would have been absolutely crazy to even consider taking him out of the team. Yeah, absolutely. And even at half-time there, the manager's like, you know what, I don't need to play Bournemouth for any more than 45 minutes, we'll just take him out of the firing line or put Bassey in. Yeah. You know, the fact we can take out Hellander and put in Balligan whenever we feel like it, the fact we can take... You know, sort of McGregor out the starting lineup and put in McLaughlin. So the managers get total faith in every single member of the squad. So there should be a desire amongst every single player to play 
every single week. I know that's not going to happen, but that should be your mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was quite funny when Ryan came off, he actually looked kind of pissed off, which I like. Yeah, I these guys should be wanting to play, shouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I know like some people had a bit of a great last season when Alfie was going off and his face was tripping them. You know why? Because he probably didn't score. And I want Absolutely. that. I want players to be angry. I want yeah. players to, to want to play every 90 minutes. I want players to be annoyed when they're sitting on the bench because it means when they come off the bench, they're angry and they want to show. And I think the manager spoke about that, didn't he? We, you know, with Roof, he said, you know, we didn't get a chance to bring him on against Benfica, so he was angry. <laughs> well, that's what you want. You want guys that are hungry. You want guys that have, you know, get that burning desire to get out there and win games of football because that's how good teams win because everybody's in it together. They're all battling and training, you know, because they all want to be in that start and the loving. But the good thing for the manager is now, well, some guys that aren't always aware of national duty, which the manager will probably give them some time off. The guys that are away, we hope they obviously come back safe and well. You know, I think the big thing I would say is see if one or two guys were to drop out for a week or two, we probably wouldn't be as hurt this season as we were last season because of what we've now got in terms of the squad and obviously the mentality of the players. Absolutely. Well, Lee Boyd, we'll cover um, Bongani Zungu shortly, just in a little while. Uh, I want to speak about Joe Aribo. Pre-season, I think, was absolutely on fire for us. Looked really, really good and looked indeed like he could be one of our big players for this campaign. Um, obviously got injured and the last couple of weeks has, has came back to the fore. Was absolutely excellent yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought he was different in class. I thought he kind of picked up for where he was, you know, before his injury, yeah. which is obviously pleasing as a supporter. It's, he just looks like one of the players that's constantly going to be a nuisance right now. I mean, the first season, he kind of, I felt like he dropped in and out of games, whereas this season, he looks like he's you know, constantly at it from start to finish whenever he's coming off, maybe for his rest or whatever. Um, but I think he's been a constant threat. Obviously, he's, he's two goals. He's took them kind of well. He's got a, a bit of luck with both of them with the deflections. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, if you don't take the shots, you're never going to score, you know what I mean? But he's going to be credited with them. So it's another two goals to his tally. And, you know, it's just, it's great to really have a player that's that's like that. It's going to drive us forward and, I mean, getting the goals from midfield. How, how often did we rely, uh, rely on Morelos last season? And whereas this season, you know, the midfielders are contributing a lot more. One thing that I, I sort of took cognizance of yesterday was um, the hunger of Cedric Itton when he came off the bench. There was a couple of times Tavernier could have played him in and he never did. And then... Um, he, he was he was a bit hacked off at, at not getting sort of in in the keeper for the chance to sort of to score yesterday because just about everyone else was. So I think Willie Boyd, you're absolutely right. I think there's a hunger around these players just now and in a game where everyone seems to be scoring and there's decent football and show and everything's fast and flowing. It's great that the players just want to be involved and they want to be scoring for Rangers, isn't it? No, absolutely. It's really pleasing to see. And Itton's uh, really a player I really have liked so far. You know, he's, he's, he looks like he's going to be a real good kind of hold-up player. And, um, I think, you know, the, the way we're getting Morelos to play, I think it's actually to kind of benefit, you know, Itton's play for when he comes into the team. You know, he looks like he's going to come in, drop and link with the midfield and allow our midfield to get beyond the striker, which is obviously kind of helping where midfield does get a lot more goals. But you just want him to kind of go in a run of games and maybe get a couple more goals at him uh, to, you know, get his confidence up and get him kind of hungry for more goals. Willie Irwin, we, we took the opportunity at the weekend to to introduce 
uh, Bungani Zungu into the fray, I, I should say, and it's going to shout, sound like an absolutely shameless and selfish plug. It is. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I was lucky enough to speak to Lawrence Collar from kickoff.com magazine and also Dean Furman, who was at Rangers for a, a small period of time as well. And we spoke um, at length about Bungani Zungu and, and what he can bring to the, the table that perhaps we don't have already. I felt it looked really comfortable for the 45 that he played. Now, you could argue that they were, they were playing against Hamilton and um, Hamilton were on the end of a bit of a doing. However, you're talking about a guy who hasn't played a lot of football with these guys. Um, he fitted in really well in that role just ahead of the back four, didn't he? Yeah, well, I thought he did well when he came on. I think it's, I think as you say, like it's hard to judge based on 45 minutes, you know, because at the time we were 4 nothing up. Hamilton clearly knew they were beaten, you know, so they weren't really exactly pressing up the pitch to do any real damage. I thought his range of passing was decent, especially the big um, sort of cross ball that he had to the far side was good. It'll be interesting to see what the game time he gets between now and the end of the year. I think the Aberdeen game would be probably too much too soon, but that's just my opinion. Maybe there's a chance when we play like standard Liège at home if we've already qualified. Maybe he could play over in Poznan. Maybe he'd be playing some of the lesser games in the league to you know, just try and find his feet. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, probably want to see him do well, and he's also going to be a good addition to the squad. We also still need to respect the guys who are here at the moment and are playing well. So, you know, guys like Aribo, guys like Arfield, Davis, Kamara, yep. Jack, you know, their guys have had an excellent start to the season. So you know, it's tough for the manager, but he's probably happy about it. He's now got six guys fighting for three positions most of the time. I know he can shift Joe a bit higher or even to the right or to the left, depending on really whatever Joe can play because he he seems like one of those guys who can just freakishly play in several different positions and look so comfortable in any of them. Yeah. But it, it'll be interesting. I saw a little bit of him at Amiens and I thought he was a decent player. I think you always worry when somebody's been not played in Europe that long. I think he left South Africa when he was like 24. He's only been in Europe for kind of about four years now, a year in Portugal and a couple of years in France. So it'll be interesting. I think, yeah, again, let's just be patient with him. A bit like it, and let's just allow the guy to come in, settle down, and let's see how he does between now and the end of the year. There shouldn't be, you know, like sort of setting the hell right because we need him in the team. You know, let's be patient with him. I don't know if he's been out of national duty during this period. I take it he's not. Um, so it might allow us to work with him a wee bit more in training, you know, kind of work on the shape that we're going to use, how he's going to play within the shape. So hopefully that's going to be beneficial for him. Willie Boyd, so Willie Irwin's just um, rhymed off the, the midfielders that we have. Zungu, Arfield, Kamara, Aribo, Jack, and dig him out with the other person, Willie Irwin. Uh, Davis. Davis. How does, if you take away Zungu, just because he's just arrived, but you've got five players who I would say just now, by all means disagree, are really playing out of their skins just now. How did Steven Gerrard pick three from that five without including Zungu in there? Yeah, it's a, a real dilemma to try and fit the three in. I mean, that's, well, three into uh, five into three. But, um, I mean, that's taking Zungu out. Every one of the players are international football players, you know what I mean? Off of their countries, it's, I mean, how many managers would love to be in that position with their midfield being that, you know, array in quality? So it's, 
obviously tough decisions because you're always going to get, you know, I'll have a different opinion for, for Willie and yourself, Scott, and, and you'll have different opinions to me. And maybe our midfield field would be completely different. You know, maybe it wouldn't be the same midfield. So, um, I mean, Stephen Gerrard's hopefully going to know who's uh, going to be the right ones, you know, so far. So hopefully it keeps it up for, for the games that's coming up. And uh, hopefully he knows who's going to be able to dig him out of holes if, if we need that bit more grit uh, against the likes of Benfica and, and maybe Celtic. And, you know, who's going to add kind of that steel and who's going to be a wee bit of the creative spot. Because you've got Hadji, I think Hadji came on and I'm sure he played a wee bit deeper than we've seen so far. And, yeah. I mean, we all know what his passing's like. He's a such record so far. So it's uh, it's obviously one I'm glad I'm not making the decision. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Erwin, we've got Aberdeen on the 22nd, which is the weekend prior to the Benfica game. Um, probably our toughest domestic test so far this season, I think it's fair to say. Um, we obviously have an international break before then, which you could argue maybe comes at a decent time for some of these players, mm. just to get them two weeks in their legs, particularly the ones that maybe aren't playing international football. Um, I don't particularly feel it's a game that we should look at with any trepidation whatsoever um, I think almost in every game at Ibrox just now we go into it with a, a certain degree of confidence without being cocky because we are playing so well and it, I think as both of these have alluded to we do have such flexibility and a great selection of options throughout the squad Yeah look I think when Aberdeen come to Ibrox you basically know how they're going to play so the manager's seen enough Aberdeen now he knows how they'll likely set up he knows they'll probably pack the midfield. They'll have their lone striker up there, whether it's Cosgrove or Edmondson, and they'll look to kind of use him as a battering ram. Yeah. So, I think when you look at the midfield three, it's basically going to be moved about depending on who we play. You know, like I said, Ryan Jack's great. Away from home in Europe, Ryan sits in front of the back four, does a lot of the dirty work. Glenn Kamara's great with the rotation of the ball. So is Stephen Davis. Against other teams, if you want, like, Scotty to make those driving runs, he's great at doing that. It's so difficult to know how the manager's going to pick his team. I think when you look at the players that are available to him in, in the forward areas, it's so, so difficult. But yeah. I think against Aberdeen, we just need to go and play the way we've played in every other home game this season, which is try to be aggressive, try and get in the front foot. I mean, I think the start that was out of the weekend is we still haven't conceded a goal in a home league game. Right. Which is pretty ridiculous, really, because you always think to yourself, look, you might have one or two by now. You know, I know the boy, I think it was done United boy, didn't he? He crashed one off the bar in the last <laughs> Aye, That's right, aye. Um, other than that, you know, there's not been like, a huge amount of opportunities against us. When you actually look at the games, even like Command, like at Ibrox, they weren't particularly great. Um, so it shows you, I think if we come out with the right mentality, and, you know, the right way of playing the game, which is what we do most weeks. I always fancy us to win. And I think whether Aberdeen fans like it or not, not having Ross McCrory is going to be a blow to them because Ross and, and Lewis Ferguson seem to have struck up a pretty decent relationship so far. Yeah. I know he's also played it kind of full-back a couple of times, but when you lose one of your midfield players, it does, you know, the sort of, the sort of dirty side of the game at times with Ross, he'll be missed. But I would fully expect them to pack their midfield as much as they can and try and stop us playing. But if it was up to me and I was picking the team right now, I would have Alfredo up front, Roof on one side and Kent on the other. Because I think those three against that Aberdeen backline, 
that would do some serious damage to Cause them problems. Yeah, massively. Because you've got pace, you've got power, you've got trickery. And, you know, that Aberdeen backline isn't the quickest. No. Well, if you get them turned, I know it's no easy getting them turned because they tend to play that deep. If you get them turned, you can cause a lot of hassle. And then when you've got Tavin Borner just running up and down the, you know, the, you know, the lines like madmen at times. I mean, it's crazy watching those two. You know, they're so aggressive. There's not many fullbacks in world football that are as aggressive as our two. Yeah. You know, at times they're like the two highest guys in the pitch, and it's. It's brilliant to watch, but then you've also just got to watch the other side of the game because you know they're dangerous for set plays. Of course. Willie Boyd, just that Willie Irwin's alluded to um, Calvin Bassey at the weekend who came on for 45 minutes. Um, I thought, again, he, he equipped himself really, really well. Um, looks a real positive prospect for the future of the club. No, absolutely. He's very exciting. You know, he looked like to me as if he should maybe be playing centre half, but the boy can obviously run very fast. He looked you know, agile enough to go up and down the, the park constantly, similar to like Tavernier and Barisic do the now. So it's just like really a like for like. Um, plus he's crossing. I think his crossing's pretty decent. You yeah. don't usually always get that with a younger player. And so far, his crossing's been pretty uh, spot on. He's, he's really good in there as well. He's a threat for, for set pieces for ourselves as well. Willie Boyd, I'm going to stay with you because now we move into um, international break. I think before I get into sort of what I'm wanting to speak about in the national break is taking into account the 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 bother that um, some teams have had with, with players coming back from international duty, not Rangers, we have to say. Um, is international football just becoming a bit too much of a challenge just now for clubs to manage the players after they come back when they eventually get to come back to their clubs? I think it's you're, you're taking unnecessary risks as far as I'm aware. I mean, all the restrictions you've got put in place, uh, you shouldn't be travelling here, there and everywhere, and, and, you know, nations are playing friendlies against each other. I kind of sort of get, you know, the, the major, you know, the playoffs that Scotland's having and, and the likes of that, but the, I think the friendlies should have been scrapped. But as far as I'm aware, the, the nations don't want to, you know, give TV money back to the companies because they obviously need the money. So, that, you know, they're putting money before people's health in that sense. Um. Also, just on that, uh, I think today it was announced that Hollander would be staying at Rangers when they'd be going away with Sweden. Right, okay, I didn't um, catch that. Great. I'm sure I heard that, so apologies if that's bullshit, <laughs> but um, I'm sure I heard that. It's something to do with uh, going to Denmark. He would have had to quarantine for 14 days. Right. Um, so, I mean, that, that's a plus for us. And I mean, he's not going to obviously have those sort of uh, worries while he was away, but I do think... You know that it's we all need to keep our fingers crossed and hope we got lucky like the, the first international break. Yeah, I mean, take taking sorry two dumplings out of the equation. I think we've managed the situation really, really well. Um, and you you have to hope with with this international break coming up, which we're obviously going to have some guys involved in the big games that we're about to speak about. Um, you would hope that we we come back with a a clean bill of health when once these games are out. Well, Erwin, we obviously have um, the guys I want to focus on are, are Ryan Jack and uh, John McLaughlin potentially involved on Thursday night. I think we agree that um, McLaughlin probably won't play um, for Scotland, but that Ryan Jack may be involved on Thursday night. Well, you look, I think when you're playing a quality team like Serbia, you need a strong combative midfield, so I'd imagine Ryan must be in the manager's thoughts. I mean, I'd don't get me wrong, I don't watch a huge amount of international football overall, but I'll probably take in the Scotland game, just because, let's be honest, 
you know, the opportunity to get to a major championship in recent years hasn't really kind of been on the horizon that many times. So yeah, I hope Scotland do it. You know, I like, I really do. I think it would be great for somebody like Ryan Jack to begin a going to a major championship. Yeah, agreed. I think that's something that maybe in the last 15, 20 years, Scottish players have missed. I mean, I grew up in an era where basically we were at every Euros and every World Cup, and it was like mandatory every second year that you were sitting watching Scotland play. All right, I think we get beat most of the time. But <laughs> we actually made it. And when you look at like the quality of players we had, I mean, I know Craig Brown got a lot of flack for the way that Scotland played back then, but basically qualified for every single major championships. You know, like so, um, him and Andy Roxburgh. And I was like, it's just been a dry spell. And, you know, so whatever you think of the Scotland national team or the manager or how Scotland play, it would be great for the game here. The game is basically on its knees when you see the news coming out of the SFA that people are being made redundant and stuff like that. So for, so for Scotland to qualify for a major championship would be a huge boost for the league, possibly even financial would be good as well because at the end of the day we've got to try and protect what we've got in this country you know I know maybe out with the top flight and maybe the championship the standard isn't fantastic but you know what if things get any worse and you know we don't start bringing in money to the game it's going to look a hell of a lot worse this time next year Willie Boyd Stephen Davis will continue to to just go on and on I think by all accounts and is, is surely on the verge of being offered um, another contract for, for next season, even at this early stage. Um, he's someone I, I think we need to to wrap up with with a, with a bit of care, to be honest with you, not because of COVID and anything like that, but because he, he probably is getting that little bit older and playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Saturday, and so on and so on and so on. Eventually, we'll surely catch up with him. But what a professional he is to, to be putting himself up for selection for, for club and country at every available opportunity. No, absolutely. I think it's credit to, to him as, as he's professional. Obviously, he's taken care of himself right from a young age to, to still be playing at the highest level, you know, domestically and internationally. It's it's phenomenal, you know, the sort of sacrifices he's making, I think. What was it the other day? I think Rangers were playing. I think it was his, maybe I'm getting confused, but his daughter's birthday, I think, maybe. Or, right. I mean, these professionals miss those sort of events, you know, like family birthdays and stuff like that. And, I mean, a lot of time they'll know with their kids, you know, um, and they're sacrificing that just, you know, to go abroad and play football for their countries and whatnot. And it's, it's um, you know, it's not easy to do that. I mean, you see a lot of players now, particularly kind of dropping out in their early 30s for the international scene to go domestically. So when they get the, this time, it's, you know, it's a wee bit spent with the families and stuff. So it's it's uh, credit to them for wanting to, to play at the highest levels and, and try and lead Northern Ireland to, to another Euros. I want to speak a little bit now about um, still winning international football sort of twist, but also lead into some contract discussions. I've said historically on the pod that I think if, if Gareth Southgate is is looking for a, a right back and, and a centre half, he could do a lot worse than, than look at um, James Tavernier and, and Conor Goldson. Purely down to the way that they've played this season, I think, in all honesty, but I, I think they've been reasonably reliable over the last couple of years, obviously without any medals, which I think is something that's going to forever be um, the monkey on their back until that eventually happens. I think both are due for for contract renewal, Willie Irwin, maybe not this year, but certainly next. 
is there a concern that these guys would maybe need to move back down south if they had any aspirations of playing for their country? Yeah, look, I think that is fair. I mean, if they've got that in their mind, then they're probably not going to get it playing for Rangers in Scotland because, you know, well, I just don't think they see the quality of football up here as being enough to play for England. But then like, the counter-argument to that could be, well, James Davenier has been excellent in Europe. Conor Gosh has been excellent in Europe. You know, but I think it's just always kind of looked upon as a lesser quality league, which is fair enough because everybody's allowed their own opinion. Yeah. I think the problem that like Rangers are going to have is uh, when you look at Golson and Tav, I would imagine that you know they're on kind of reasonably good wages right now. You know, if they wanted a, a kind of one or two final pays before they retire, can Rangers afford to keep both players? I think that's the only worry, if I'm totally honest. Tav, I suspect, will stay. Because I think it's in Tav's mind now that as a Rangers captain, he needs to win something. So I would love to think if we could get to having a new deal, we would hopefully walk away with a couple of league titles and a couple of cups before he could walk away. Because I think at that point, most Rangers fans would say, you know what, thanks for the 10 years service or whatever it would be at that point, And thanks for everything you've done for us. Connor would be a monster loss, given he seems to be a leader now in that group. Yeah. But yeah, I do, I do worry a wee bit, to be honest. Because at the end of the day, a lot of these guys do see the pinnacle as playing in the EPL. And if if the opportunity arose and the money's right, I think it would be difficult for either player to say no to it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm not disputing, I mean, I, the Rangers will be paying these guys good wages, but the money in England can sometimes be two or three times what we can pay guys. And that can be life-changing. You know, you're not trying to bring it down by saying that moving to Brighton's a bigger move than Rangers. It's, it's clearly not. You know, from our point of view, but when they can offer them 50, 60, 70 grand a week, that's, you know, that can be life changing money. That can be the money that you can set aside. And then when you retire from playing football, that can be the difference between maybe having to go and find some work and not having to find some work. Yeah. And that's how players have to be. It's not just because it's strangers or anybody else, it's making the right decisions for you and your family. Willie Boyd, you'd, you'd agree we're probably seeing the best. Currently, of, of James Tavernier and Conor Goldson, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I think they're both kind of coming into their peaks for defenders, aren't they? Um, I mean, you see it in Tavernier's play, especially. It's, he's, he's absolutely everywhere on that right side. And then, I mean, when your striker's about to get out the end of the ball, you know, Tavernier's sometimes nicking in front of them to get the ball in the back of the net. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable how he's he can maintain that for the full 90 minutes as well. And I, you're saying about maybe going down south, you'd, you'd probably find a lot of the sides down south, you know, with the kind of the way a lot of the teams like to play football they now, the the fullbacks being so high up the park and up and down the park all day long, getting crossed into the box just like ourselves, really. But I mean, he wouldn't look at a place in many of the teams down south. I don't think either. Uh, and obviously, I, I do think the uh, the English kind of look at our game, you know, not as good. It's a bit snobbish, isn't it? Like, and I think you know you were saying about the the European football, Willie. I do think they look at the Europa League as if, you know, it's a setting class kind of yeah. right, tournament. I think a lot of their clubs don't take it to a series until the latter stages. So I think if he really wanted to prove himself and put his hat in the ring for the England Cup and wanted the State Rangers, would need to be doing it in the Champions League, I think, you know, before he got any sort of recognition. One thing that um, 
struck a chord with me was when Graham Shunis was up for the Galatasaray game and um, he was stunned at how offensive Tavernier was playing as the as the right back. Um, so I, I think if, if you're going to accept any sort of um, praise, then there's, there's no one better in my eyes to take it than, than from Graham Shunis. Listen, guys, that'll do us for this week. I really appreciate you joining us. Thanks very much. Before we go, we should say um, a huge congratulations to the guys that were involved in the Rangers Charity Foundation gig at the weekend, raising an absolutely massive amount of money. Sounds like it was an excellent night. Um, a lot of names there and uh, a lot of good viewing as well, which I'm sure you can you can find yourselves when you, you find two minutes after watching us, needless to say. Um, guys, have a good time. We will catch up with you next time. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Burn it down Let your fear out Let your